a favour the podcast about learning from experience and the things we do to make our lives easier. My name's Tim Sisney from Make Work Work Better and each episode I'll be talking to my guests about their epiphanies, their inspirations and the magic of their workflow. And I'm here to start with Laura Cruz. Hello Laura. Hello. <laughs> Would you like to tell everybody a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Oh, I feel like uh, if I put this up on blind date and they say, what's your name and where do you come from? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know where yeah. that came from. I've pulled that no, out. No, I know. Well, people who are younger than you and I will have no idea what that's <laughs> referenced to. But anyway, uh, so I'm Laura Cruz, um, also known as the Dream Transition Mentor. I'm a coach and mentor helping predominantly women, but that's not to uh, exclude men, who wish to escape the world of corporate and transition into their own business in order that they have what I call the four F's so freedom flow fulfillment and fun in their life and it's interesting because I think when I first started out on my journey in my business I thought I didn't want to go down that kind of business route but actually I firmly believe that in order to be in control of every aspect of your life you've got to be your own boss right because then you can decide what day you work what hours you work who you work with you know, whether those people that you work with bring you joy, fulfillment, fun. So yeah, so that's what I do. So I, just quite exciting actually, I trademarked like my title and my method to so the dream transition method. I trademarked it because I, there's only one of me, right? I was going to say I'm extremely unique, but you're not extremely unique, are you? You're just unique. It's, it's a bit, it's like being a bit pregnant, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm getting extremely unique. Um yeah, so I just got the trademark back, so that's really exciting because that means that I can kind of really push on. So, what made you what made you want to to trademark it? I so, I did some work last year with a coach who helps, well, a coach who helps coaches to kind of work out their niche, like work out mm-hmm. their ideal client and their niche and stuff like that. And I think before I was a bit, you know, I started off, well, I'm going to help women with their confidence, which I still do, because obviously confidence is a big part of going out on stepping into your own business. But confidence on its own is, you know, you've got to be confident to do something with it. You've got mm-hmm. to take that confidence somewhere. And then I was like, oh, just follow your dream, which was a bit wishy-washy. And uh, so, yeah, so it's really to, to niche down to, to help those women who perhaps in lockdown have realised that life is not quite what they wanted it to be or, it, you know, lockdown has made them think quite differently about how they want to move forward. Perhaps mm-hmm. they're fed up of muting or the effort hours or they quite liked working at home and now they don't want to go back to the office again. Lots of different things. But the trademarking, it, I think, is because I kind of, I had a thing about having a trademark and I think once I... Once I decided that was my thing, I thought if I trademark it, I'm going to stick at it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's my it's my commitment to it, but I love it too. When you start out on your own, it's a bit of a wiggly line because what you think you'll you'll do, you probably won't. What you start with, you don't end up with. You you change mm. as you go along. But this con this kind of idea fits in all the other areas of my business. It ties it all together. So my podcast. Your Dream or Mine with Laura Cruz. It ties in with that. I've been writing a book. It ties in with that. All these things tie up mm-hmm. together. So it feels it feels right. And I think it's a bit like finding the, you know, 
I don't know, the right pair of shoes or something that feels good. Mm-hmm. And I think when you've got that comfort and you don't need to think about it when you're talking to people about it, it becomes more yeah. natural. I think there's there's a whole sense of awkwardness about explaining to people what I did and like what the point of me is. And you you have to hear yourself say it out loud a whole bunch of times and go, that's not quite right. And until eventually you kind of settle into something that kind of feels like you. And then it becomes a bit more second nature and more. And, and then I think you're more convincing when you've convinced yourself, maybe. Oh, so true. I mean, just at the start of my business journey, as while I was still in corporate, actually, I went to a networking event and I was probably one of the newest people in there, you know, just kind of dipping my toe into the world of what I was going to do. And so many it was all women and I would go around the room, you know, we had stickers on, oh, hi, you know, what do you do? And they'd say, I do this. Mm. Go, what do you do, Laura? And I'd go, um, well, I, I, well, I'm thinking of, and I was so, and so unconfident. You're hearing me now and you know, I like to talk, but I, I just couldn't talk. And I was really quiet and shy. And on the train on the way home, I thought, what, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, come on, Laura. And I think it was a bit of a turning point. It made me think, come on, if you can't tell people who aren't going to buy from you, who are your peers, if you can't tell your peers what you're going to do, who's going to buy from you? So you've Mm -hmm. got to kind of woman up and, you know, just say, this is is me and this is what I do. So are you ready to get started to do yourself a favour? I am, a bit nervous. Okay, we've got five questions. This is all about things you've learned, learning from experience, a little bit about like workflow and things that make your life easier. Okay. okay, so that's 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 the vibe. So the first the first question is, what's something that you wish you'd learnt sooner? I think I wish I'd learnt sooner that I could be confident in my own decisions, that I could change the course of my life that was within my power. Okay. So I think I just felt like, I think lots of people feel like this. You kind of... You get on the kind of conveyor belt of life, right? You go, right, you know, school exams, university, leave university, get a job, meet a partner potentially, get married, you know, buy a house, get married, have some kids, and then just keep doing that and, you know, on repeat until, Mm -hmm. you know, your kids start doing the same stuff that you did. And that's what you just keep doing. And I did that for a very long time until I decided that after a long period of reflection and thinking about it I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore and I changed that and I stepped away from that life that I had and I wish I had learned before that it was okay to say that's not what I want anymore mm-hmm. that that isn't what I want it wasn't wrong it wasn't bad mm-hmm. it just wasn't right for me mm-hmm. and that actually then to take back control of my life and to say, okay, so any decision that I make now is absolutely mine, which obviously comes with a huge sense of bloody hell. If I am the only one, it's not like I'm going to say, so do you think we should do this? It's like, it's on me. Mm-hmm. So every decision I make now is on me. And I've got three kids. So it was like, that was that was a balance between really freeing and kind of enlightening and uplifting and also absolutely terrifying but it was all my decisions and I had a really steep learning curve to do all that stuff on my own but it was brilliant and then once I had that space I could work out what it was I actually wanted to do with my life rather than thinking that I have to keep going because mm-hmm. that's what everybody else does 
Yeah. yeah, there is something paralyzing about that, that kind of corporate trap and the security of that world, because the idea that you, the idea of changing something, and especially if you've, you know, you've got, you've got your responsibilities, you've got your, your mortgage and your kids and whatever it is, and that corporate job is supporting that when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's quite hard to see, well, how do I change that without putting at risk all of the rest of this? Yeah, yeah. And then you're in this situation, I think, where rather than feeling like you have any sense of agency, and this is my experience was very much that I kind of felt that any onward progression in, in my, my life, and let's be honest, in that situation, your life is kind of your work, any onward progression is kind of in other people's hands. Yes, exactly. So you don't get to say, no, or I don't mm. like that, or I wish that was different. You don't get that. And in hindsight, I found that very difficult because I ended up being overweighting conversations with people who I thought of as gatekeepers, you know, and I'd walk away from you know, yeah, the conversations yeah. just going, oh, what, what, what did you do to him? Like, that was, well, what did you didn't say, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't witty or that wasn't, you know, important or insightful, you know, and wasted that opportunity. And it started, yeah, you, you put a lot of stock in, in things where probably vastly overhyping the importance of it in your head yes and I was talking to a client yesterday about what they want to do next and they were still in employment and I said just imagine just imagine your dream role like any like what would that consist of and they kept coming back to where they were now and I was like no no not there just just what would you like to be doing with your time and it's so hard when you're in it mm -hmm. to imagine what it could be if you weren't in it that's why working with a coach is brilliant because you just you can't see because all you see is the progression within that organization or similar role in another organization you can't see that you could shape something and shape your life the way that you want it mm -hmm. because you're kind of programmed to you know you're on that conveyor belt keep going do you retire mm -hmm. Which it's is a really look, long time. It is. It's it's a really long time, and it keeps getting longer and further away. I think as well. Having that conversation with a friend this morning, she's going, "Is it sixty-seven? I said, "I think it'll go up again." Mm. Pressing. Yeah. If you had learned that sooner, what do you think would have been different? I mean, I so wish I'd learned it sooner, but I also think I'm a great believer that things happen at the right time for the right reason. So I was change of my life when I was kind of 38 things went very different for me very differently and that was probably about right I kind of consider that like naught to 38 to be part one of my life and now I'm in part two mm -hmm. and uh, part one was very good in many many ways until it wasn't and then now part two is fantastic so yeah maybe maybe it's just because you look back and think oh maybe I should have done that sooner but you just don't know do you you're in you're in that phase and you you go on and you can only see things with the benefit of hindsight and reflection. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easy to be wise after the event, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I should have done that 10 years ago. When I see people, peers in my kind of industry who are like in their early 30s, I think, mm. because I was listening to a podcast the other day and this woman was saying, well, because I had kids, I, you know, I needed to work for myself. I never once thought about working for myself when my kids were small, mm -hmm. ever. Didn't even cross my mind. Couldn't see, you see, because I was stuck in the corporate thing. Yeah. Couldn't see that I could do anything on my own. 
you draw comparisons or you know, your peers or people who are at certain levels who are at different ages or people who've achieved things by certain ages and and i think that can be quite again quite paralyzing and kind of well, oh you know so you look at someone who's you know they've got their own business entrepreneur or you know someone they've got to they're doing really well for themselves and they're under 28 or something and you kind of look at it and go and, and i know certainly that one of the the things that that would would make me go kind of go is well, well i've missed that now you know the, the time i'd have been whatever it was 42 43 kind of go well oh yeah but I, if i wanted to do that i needed to do it then yeah and then actually to that conversation about you know retirement or whatever you know that's it's whatever it is 67 now probably getting further away and you know the longer by the time you get there it's probably even further away but that's the same amount of time again than it was between that person and where I am now you know it's yeah, yeah. it's quite a long time and when you actually start doing the maths on it um, and it's not hard maths you know to to look at it and go actually you you can start this thing and you can make those changes at any point in your life and it doesn't need to be like you've made you you identify that early in your life or you don't yeah no i agree there's no there's no time limit it's not a race it doesn't matter what other people are doing yes see what people are doing and take inspiration from it and say you know you know congratulate people for for having the courage or the you know the idea or the inclination to get out there and do it but it's not it doesn't matter that they're doing it and they did it earlier than you whatever you know yeah. I've got the age I am now you know my kids are growing up so I'm coming into that phase where it's interesting a friend's just got a dog and she why don't you get a dog and I was like I don't want a dog I don't want the tie and I was thinking about it after I thought I'm just coming out of being tied to the kids all the time I want to be free I want to be free <laughs> so let's move on next question is, again it's, it's about it's about things that we learned and, and, and turning points I suppose so what's um is there a book that you think of as being kind of pivotal to the way that you look at things now or you know some, something that you you read or heard or kind of had exposure to that made you go oh okay it changed the way you saw the world or changed the way you approached things so this is coach in america called um, brooke castillo and i'm nearly going to do a really bad american accent but i decided to save the listeners from that she's quite interesting so she's got a podcast and uh She's very American, so, and there's no disrespect, but at times her accent, I go, oh, I'll just, I'll give myself a break from that, and then I go back to it again. I love her podcast. I think she's fantastic. She's absolutely minted. She's made a, she runs the Life Coach School in America, like, worldwide. She's fantastic. But she's got this, she calls it the marble. She's got this, like, framework, and it's about how your thoughts create your feelings, and I was always the person that would be like, well, so-and-so made me feel like that. It's their fault I feel like that. You know, I'm upset because of them. This is, you know, oh, you know, and I'd be all that person who was like tied up in that and get really like wound up, upset, angry, you know, whatever the emotion is. And through my own experience of coaching and learning about coaching, learning how to coach, within when I was in a, a corporate role and then taking that further and then doing, I've got a master's level certificate in coaching. So really progressing that forward and then using coaching myself. It's so fascinating because so many people say it, we go, oh, yeah, I feel that way because they made me, they didn't. You telling yourself that, you're telling yourself that that's how you feel. And it's once you separate, once you realize that all those thoughts, you know, you, your negative thoughts about something, 
and you, you think negatively about something, you feel badly about something, then all of a sudden you, you feel a bit funny in your tummy and you've got a bit of a headache and you're not feeling great. And then it's no surprise that you then don't put the energy into that thing because you were feeling bad about it. And then the outcome is you don't get what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can't remember the rest of the framework, but it's five steps, but it's absolutely brilliant. And it's, I've used it. I've used it to help friends when they're trying to, you know, approach a situation differently. Because basically she's saying is if you go into a situation, you kind of go, well, this is shit. This is, this is just shit. And nothing, I can't change anything about it. You know, you know, you won't be surprised to find out that it stays shit. But if you go into that and go, well, this is shit, but actually maybe I could think slightly differently about it. Maybe I could approach that in a slightly different way and say, okay, so what I'm thinking about this is it's not ideal, but maybe I could do that. Maybe I could approach it in that way. How would I feel then? really interesting stuff mm-hmm. Def- self-coaching because the book that she's written is called so i think it's called self-coaching 101 self-coaching is incredibly difficult because obviously you're only you're ever yourself looking out mm-hmm. it's very hard to kind of question yourself but when you write stuff down self-coaching is easier because you, you you get it down on paper if you follow a framework you go oh yeah okay okay so maybe maybe i could look at that you know, maybe that's not actually the reality. Maybe I could look at that a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Externalizing things, getting stuff out of your head, because there's there's part of that in the, the getting things done where we get people, you know, empty their brains and empty and you know, get things out there. And I'm always, I remain impressed by the the difference it makes. You know, and and we've all done that thing of you know, uh, oh oh my god, I'm just, I just I I can't I can't think anymore. I've just got to make a list. You know, you you sit down and you yeah. can do it, and and invariably, when when I do that exercise with with a group, there'll be some people for whom it's really they now feel lighter and and liberated somehow, and some people who feel more uh, oppressed by this stuff because they just have they're still writing after you know everyone else has finished. Yeah, but the point is that nothing's actually changed no. apart from they've written it down, and I find that that relationship with what's in our head versus writing how we feel about it when we've written it down I find that a really fascinating phenomenon it's really interesting and as well because I think so so what I want to do is to encourage women to say or men to say oh this thought oh, I'd really like to uh oh, I'd really like to leave corporate I'd really like to set my own business up oh I'd really like to do that the immediate thought that comes in is you couldn't do that what about the mortgage mm-hmm. what about the kids what about you know the company car what about this what about that and all of the negativity comes in and immediately you go no that wouldn't work mm. but why don't you try exploring that why don't you try seeing if that could actually happen mm. why don't you you know get some stuff down on paper talk to a coach you know find research find out a bit more about it build up your self-confidence look at how much you want it like so connect to your energy like and, and your kind of commitment to it Work out what your why is and what why do you want to do that? What are you going to get from it? Because if you don't know why, what you're going to get from it, when the going gets tough, you're just going to give up. So why do you want it that badly? What would it give you? Mm-hmm. And then work through how you make that work. But we so quickly say, oh, that won't work. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do that. I mean, and I, I found that myself when I wanted to go out on my own, saying to, you know, some friends, oh, I'm thinking about going out on my own. Oh. Why would you do that? Oh, mm. so unstable, difficult, unpredictable. Because I had a pretty good job. I had a really good job, good job. 
car, healthcare, pension, you know, great discount in, for lovely food, brilliant, you know, corporate entertainment, fantastic. But I wanted something different. I, I think there's something about the whole pandemic experience. There's disrupted quite a lot of that comfort. Yes. Didn't it? You know, so there is, I mean, I, I can't say honestly, if I'd have left corporate and gone out on my own, if there hadn't been a pandemic and there hadn't been redundancy and if it hadn't been so hard to get another proper job and you kind of go, well, you know, I'll just try this because if nothing else, it's keeping me busy and I'm not getting depressed from getting rejection letters, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, if, if everything had continued the way it was, I, I don't know whether I'd have made that leap. I know a lot of people who took that break and that kind of enforced period of time at home and whether they were furloughed or whether they were made redundant or even whether they were just at home and not in that rat race kind of thing. People who, if they've not gone into self-employment or, you know, into a different, have certainly made the decision that maybe they don't need as much or that actually there yeah. are different things that are important to them. But I do think we need some kind of disconnect from the grind and the routine in order to kind of challenge the way that we think and challenge actually what is a sensible thing to do, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think the other thing I was going to say about the pandemic, which is really interesting, is that this, and I, you did inverted commas, the security mm-hmm. isn't as secure as you think. So you're probably only a month away from, from losing your job anyway, actually. Do you just see what I mean? Lots of stable, so say stable companies went to the wall, you know, such a shame it's just it is what it is but in many ways I think that people went oh hang on maybe maybe life isn't as kind of linear and as straightforward mm-hmm. as I thought so maybe I could do something different yeah what a time to be alive Woo! so gonna get into a little bit about like tips and recommendations and workflow and, and and so on and I'd like to know what's a thing and it's not you can't have your laptop or your phone but you could have apps and stuff what is something that you use every day and could absolutely not be without? Am I allowed to say my office? I think last time I did a call with you, I was perched on the edge of a sofa. With you a very were, uncomfortable. Yeah. It was really bad for my back and looked wholly unprofessional in, in like when I was doing training sessions from a sofa. So I built an office. Well, not me personally. We, we had somebody build me an office at the bottom of the garden last summer, which was a blooming game changer. Mm-hmm. it's brilliant I mean apart from the muddy feet we've got to put a path in because I am getting muddy feet like either traipsing it in the office or back up the house across the grass but it's one of those things again I didn't even think it was when we started the, when the pandemic started I would have worked from home before just from the kitchen table mm-hmm. then I had three kids homeschooling all of whom needed to eat every, every kind of 90 minutes and I couldn't sit at the table so then I just started, got a tape measure out and just started looking at the kind of overgrown bit at the bottom of the garden saying, oh, maybe I could have an office there. And, and here I am sitting in it and it's, it's marvellous. It's absolutely amazing because when I come down here and sit in my office, I suddenly feel like I'm in work mode. And actually I found it quite hard in the house to be, to make the distinction between, because there's already somebody coming in, interrupting me, asking me mm-hmm. something mum can you do this mum and I just love it so I come down the garden my cup of tea in the morning and it's lovely and warm it's everything I want it to be it's my space so I can see clients here face-to-face clients and um but it's just got it's just got a gorgeous aesthetic feel to it 
and it makes me feel like it makes me feel really kind of special and proud that I've got this and it's mine it doesn't belong to anybody else in the house everybody in the house has a room except me my husband's got an office in the house I didn't have a room that was just my own so this Mm -hmm. is mine and nobody comes in it except me so this is my thing I know it's quite big it's quite a big thing to have but it's my space and when I'm in here I'm in I'm in work mode yeah I'm not mum I'm Laura yeah and I think there's something about well as you were saying earlier about like trademarking your business and having that kind of a sense of personality and your thing I think you want to be when if you're you want to be able to to feel that the version of you that you present when you're on a call say or doing a workshop things like that if you are you know crammed into a corner and you know not everybody has that the possibility of not just being crammed into a corner with you know the wardrobe behind them or whatever but it's a bit like you, you you're putting on your big coat and you've kind of you've got a comfortable space and you know that you're not going to get interrupted you know you've got a the technology is reliable and you're in a comfortable place where you're not going to have to shift around and all of those things are just like there's something else you don't have to worry about yes and i i also think it feels um it makes it all feel real mm-hmm in a way that when I was working from the sofa, didn't this feels like okay? So this is this is actually real. Okay, so you know people pay me because I'm really good at what I do, and this is how this is where I do it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because my husband works always works at home, always has done. Also, I've known him, and he would say, "Oh, I've got a call," and he would go off, and I would think, "Oh, that sounds really good," and uh, mm-hmm. that's what I do now. I just say, oh, "I've got a call," and off I traipse down the garden into my own little little haven. Excellent. Perfect. Excellent. Do you do you always work there? You have I was going to say, do you have like different kinds of work that you do in different places? I have sofa days sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just sit and watch. I'm, I love reality telly. I know my husband. It drives him nuts. He's like, I can't believe somebody with your intelligence watches this absolute bilge. But I love it. Anything reality based. So yeah, sometimes if it's. Uh, it's a bit grim outside. I just think, oh, I'll just sit and watch telly. And, you know, when I'm doing stuff on the laptop, mm-hmm. just pooling, it's fine. But obviously down here, I record podcasts. I record, you know, do like training, coaching mm-hmm. sessions and stuff like that. So I don't go out as much. I think I definitely should take myself off to do a little bit of work elsewhere sometimes with a coffee because mm-hmm. sometimes I miss people. Yeah. One of the things I noticed about myself from working from, when I started working from home, um, you know, in pre-pandemic, and I noticed it a little bit in when I worked in offices that had this that had options that I think I naturally go to different places for different kinds of work. Yeah. So I, you know, some days in at a big, in, you know, in the, the big, beautiful open plan office that that we were in before just before I left, I wouldn't actually ever sit at a desk. You know, I wouldn't take a desk. I'd go and sit at a easy chair in the kitchen and check my emails from there and then maybe and I just kind of found that and I found it again you know here that there'll be a time there'll be a point where actually I quite like the general chaos of being in the room with my kids while I'm you know tidying up some emails and stuff like that and you know, obviously I, I can't do that if I'm having a call because that would be no help to anybody um like nobody benefits from that situation but at the same time I also don't want to be stuck in this room all day so yeah and I think I think as well it depends on 
it depends on how I'm feeling in myself, but it also depends on what sort of thing I'm doing. So sometimes I listen to music and sometimes, or a podcast, and then other times I'll put it on and it's so distracting, I have to turn it off. So mm. I think it depends. Sometimes it's like you're so engrossed in what you're doing, either as a distraction or you don't even hear it anyway because you're engrossed or you don't. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Like, it just depends. Sometimes I can cope with it. And sometimes I think, oh my God, I just need complete silence. Yeah, I think there's something about the kind of work, definitely, for me mm. in, in that. In fact, like if I'm trying to write something, I can't have other words kind of around. That's a, that's something I really notice. So if I'm trying to you know, write an article or put together a, a piece of training or something, and then music has to be instrumental. Otherwise, I just can't focus on the words. But yeah. other things, it doesn't make any difference. So it's definitely, yeah, identified more sort of weird foibles about, about my yeah. practice since I've been working for myself, certainly. So what's the last shiny, exciting thing you acquired in either work or life that you, you kind of like make? Well, that's such a great question because this week I decided to finally, I've been coveting some weights for home, obviously since the pandemic, since mm. lockdown, when you couldn't get them for love and money and they were really, if you could get them, they were hideously expensive. So I got, I've got, I'm a member of a gym, but I don't really like the, um, it's a cheap gym. It's one of these kind of, there's nobody there. You, you let yourself in by the keypad. It's cheap for a reason. It's all right. But I don't like the classes they run there. And I used to really love doing body pump, which is, and I like like weightlifting to music, which, you know, some listeners will go, oh my God, that's so ridiculous. But anyway, I like it. And combat is like, like it sounds like you know punching the air to music but combat you can do at home but I needed the equipment and I just didn't like body pump the class there I just it, it didn't feel that great so I kept looking at these weights for ages and then the other night I just thought why you just order them what are you waiting for so I ordered them and uh, they came the next day and I was so excited they came realized they were actually quite heavy and then the, got the, up the, the next weights day. Laura no, I know, but realised like how, you know, because I don't really do weights at the gym. So then I was like, oh, these feel quite heavy. Anyway, so then I got up on Wednesday morning and did, it's normally an hour's class at the gym. I did a half hour workout, like they do like mini ones. And I was thinking, oh, wow, this is, I mean, it's, I'm still in pain now. It's only half an hour. It was, it was painful. So, yeah, so there's lots of muscles that are going, hey, Laura, you haven't done anything with us for a long time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm going to get better over time. But uh, right now, so I'm looking at them now. They're at the end of the hour. I'm going to do a session on, on Sunday morning. But that's, I'm re it's ridiculous. It was about 120 quid for both, for the set of weights and, you know, the bar and the and the, the step. But I'm ridiculously pleased with them. I don't think I've bought anything that exciting for ages. That's adorable. Um... <laughs> I used to buy quite a lot of stuff when I had disposable income. I used to buy quite a lot of stuff, you know, especially books and just like random bits and pieces and do that a lot less now and so on. But what I do quite like is I give myself little sort of milestone type things for, you know, when business nice. is a certain amount, then I can do things. So this, if you can see just, just over there, I've got some like, like little random bits and pieces in that in the cubby hole there's there's a couple of like, oh yeah, and a couple of Funko Pops and that DeLorean's actually a transformer. That was a proper kind of like, I did my first invoice, you know, and I've been sitting there hanging my nose over this this thing and grown up toy shops for quite some time. And I, you know, I invoiced my first proper piece of work that was like my proper piece of work, and I was like, a bit of it's going to go on that, and it's just, it just it just kind of sits there being a toy on a shelf, but it gives me quite a lot of joy to just kind of go, you know, 
I know when I bought that and why I bought that. And yeah. it's not the owning it that's the important thing. It's what it represents more than more than anything else. You know, that whole thing about whatever you earn, you live up to that. And I definitely did that. And mm. I remember being feeling quite irritated by my mother. Sorry, mum, if you're listening. But when, so when I was leaving my corporate job, I needed to buy a car to get my company car back. So I managed to save, like, to buy a car in about, like, four months. Managed to save enough. I mean, it's quite an old car, but I managed to save enough to buy the car. So I told my mum, thinking she'd say, well done. And she goes, well, that just shows how much money you waste normally. And I was incensed by the comment. Like, I was like, ugh, you know, such a mum comment. And actually, you were right, mum. I just spent a lot of money. Mm. I'd see a book and go, oh, I'll just have that and order it. And then it would come and I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even look at it. Or I'd buy new clothes or I'd do this or I'd go out for, go and get pissed in the pub or I'd go out for lunch. I'm not saying that those things aren't lovely, but didn't really have much control over what I was doing and now because like you there's less I'm much more mindful about how I spend when I do spend money when I do buy myself something I'm really bloody I'm really pleased with it so Mm. like I say my weight really pleased with them because I've wanted them for a long time and I really thought about them and even better Tim when I went to buy them they were only on bloody sale I mean honestly excellent like serendipity yeah you just made me think isn't it annoying when somebody says something that's not what you want to hear and then like and you go hang on a minute and then you go oh but actually they're right I hate it took thing. me some time to admit that she was right yeah but she was right she was right I, I remember years years ago there was some a bunch of friends with kids and we all went camping and i hate camping like i really really hate camping but i hate camping yeah. it's just like this worst thing ever invented and i sort of crawled out of my tent being like angry just because i'd been in a tent but one of the one of the mums was milling about and she was making breakfast for the kids and she's like do you want some orange juice tim and before i could even growl at her one of the kids was like oh tim doesn't drink anything that's not got caffeine or alcohol in it and i was just like what i was like oh, actually that's fair um <laughs> Yeah, I'm much better now than I used to be. But but yeah, certainly at that point in my life, that was an accurate and an an accurate assessment by like whatever it was, seven or something. But there we go. Right, last question, Laura. Are you ready for this? I am. Okay, I want you to complete the sentence, do yourself a favor and do yourself a favor and allow yourself to dream bigger about your life allow yourself to dream bigger about all the things that you've hoped for in your life and when I say dream I mean don't dream with a oh but if I did that I couldn't because of that like literally go blank piece of paper if I could do anything I wanted what would that look like and I'm not saying you get that but I'm saying you might be able to find a level of that a version of that a percentage of that why couldn't you have that? I'm sitting in an office at the bottom of my garden. I work for myself. It's two years since I left corporate. I work for myself. And I help other women and other clients to do the same and to build the confidence to get out there and do what they want to do. Pinch me. Dreaming is brilliant. Fabulous. Thank you, Laura. Where can people find you? So you can find me at my website, lauracruz.com. You can come and find me on Instagram. I am the Dream Transition Mentor. Excellent. And remind us what your podcast is and when it's available. Your Dream or Mine with Laura Cruz. It comes out on a Friday. It's been really glad we made this happen finally. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope it makes sense. It, it, it more or less made sense. And thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. been listening to do yourself a favor the podcast about learning from experience and the things we do to make our lives easier brought to you by make work work better my name is tim sisme from make work work better our theme tune is by the titanics talk to you again soon